Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 351 on Now You Know. Well, well, well. It finally happened. Ford CEO Jim Farley joined Elon on Twitter Spaces last Thursday to announce that Ford has partnered with Tesla to begin allowing Fords to use 12,000 Tesla superchargers starting early next year. Ford tweeted, coming soon, more locations to charge your Ford electric vehicle, thousands of them at Tesla. And Farley then announced this. In 2025, Ford will offer next-generation electric vehicles with the North American charging standard, NACS, connector built-in, eliminating the need for an adapter to access Tesla superchargers. This is big news. Okay, so according to Jim Farley, Ford has been working with Tesla for two years to reach this deal. What do you think was the sticking point? Like, why didn't it happen sooner? Well, two reasons. Uh, number one, first, I don't think Ford really understood how important the Tesla supercharger network was until their executives started driving EVs around. Farley admitted that his own kids asked him why they couldn't charge at Tesla's superchargers during a family road trip when they had to use those DC fast chargers that are behind restaurants and stuff instead. And number two, I think Tesla wanted Ford owners to have to use the Tesla app, but that was a deal breaker for Ford as Farley wanted to keep Ford customers on the Ford Pass app. So Ford owners will be able to use Tesla superchargers using the Ford Pass app. Yes, Tesla is opening their API to Ford so they can integrate payment into the Ford Pass app. Now, what about Ford vehicles made before 2025 that don't have NACs or basically the Tesla plug? So Farley said they will be sending a free CCS to Tesla adapter to all Ford EV owners so that we can use Tesla superchargers as well. This is huge. And this was one of the only reasons I wasn't excited to use our Ford for longer trips because the, you know, the charging network really sucked. And I think a big question a lot of people are asking is, is Ford paying Tesla for the use of their superchargers? And I mean, I'd have to imagine so. You know, Tesla probably put out there, hey, you know, the first company to sign a deal with us is going to get a substantial price break because this just about cinches that every other automaker is going to have to follow. But then here's my question. They're going to have this adapter ready that they're going to send out to all Ford EV customers, which sounds amazing until you realize they didn't actually sell that many Ford EVs. Right. Which is fine. I mean, it, but really good for Ford. That's a really awesome thing to do. But this means that Tesla doesn't have to do Magic Dock, which would have been expensive, right? Ford is footing the bill for an adapter for people like us who bought a Ford F-150 Lightning. And then in 2025, Ford vehicles are going to have Tesla plugs. Yeah, Farley talked about this on CNBC. He kind of used Elon's own words. He said the CCS standard, even though it's cool and all, he said it was designed by a committee, which is Elon has said many times. I mean, it's not as good a format as Nax. It's not as small. It's not as robust. If you drop it, it's more likely to break. But my question is, in their announcement, Ford said that they already have 10,000 DC fast chargers on their network. And I was like, well, I know they're not Ford chargers, but like what other networks add up to 10,000 fast chargers? Whatever. It doesn't doesn't really matter. I mean, we, we just went on a trip down to New York and it was like, hmm, where do I want to stop? Yep. It wasn't like, OK, here's the I mean, we were thinking of taking the Rivian down to New York because right. it would have been fun. But 
There's like two chargers on the way down. It would have been so like, stressful. There's like 25 superchargers and, on the way. And this is why I think it really did take Ford executives driving their own vehicles to figure this out. I think they had no real world experience. I mean, yeah, they probably hopped into an EV on campus and drove, you know, a mile down the road. But I don't think they ever actually used it like a real person would with their families when they didn't have their assistance with them to be like, oh, uh, take a left here and we'll have it all ready for you, sir. But this is huge news. Yes, this it is. is huge news. We've yeah. been talking talking about this for years now. Yeah. Now, this means that basically every other car company is going to have to follow yes, Ford. They are. And they're going to have to adopt the Tesla supercharger network because of course they are. There is no way that people are going to buy EVs if they do not have a good charging network. Well, and you brought up a good point earlier. I don't know if Tesla's going to have to put Magic Dock at all their stations because if enough cars switch over to NACs and that becomes the standard, then CCS will just kind of disappear like VHS. <laughs> We spend the week scouring the web for content to include on Tesla Time News, like that last story about Ford partnering with Tesla. Now, depending on where you read that story, you get different coverage, different spins, if you will. And that's why we use Ground News, because we like to know the political bias of each news organization and who owns them. If you've been following our channel, you're familiar with the Ground News app and website, which we use all the time to research topics like this more in depth. If you're new here, Ground News is a news aggregator app and website that lets you see how breaking news is covered across all sides in one place. Ground News has their own summary right here at the top. And for each outlet, you can quickly see where they fall on the political spectrum, if they're highly factual and who owns them. I particularly like this time and location section here where I can see when each article came out so I can read some of the first articles or perhaps I want to read an article that came out a bit later when more facts might have been available. In a world where clickbait driven algorithms are increasingly prevalent, Ground News is on a mission to bring transparency and context into the media that we consume so we can see how media bias shapes public opinion. So if you want to stay up to date and informed, go to ground.news slash NYK to check it out for free or subscribe for unlimited access through our link below before June 1st and get the Vantage subscription for as little as $5 a month. Thank you to Ground News for sponsoring today's video. All right, so Alex tweeted out the Model Y in Q1 in Europe won three firsts. The first BEV that is a bestseller in a quarter. The first US vehicle that is a bestseller in a quarter. The first SUV that is a bestseller in a quarter. And Elon said, cool. Elon then retweeted Tesla's tweet. Thank you to Tesla owners for making Model Y the world's best-selling car in Q1 this year. Wait, globally? Yeah, so Matthew Donegan Ryan said, only Elon Musk fanboys buy Tesla cars. Kind of cool, Tesla is adding half a million more fanboys each quarter. And Elon said, maybe they're right, but I just have a lot of friends. Wow, so the Model Y, best-selling car in the world in Q1. Hear me? Bang! The world! <laughs> yep, according to industry analyst Jado Dynamics, the Model Y was the best-selling car in the world in Q1, the first time ever that an EV achieved this. So Jado compiled sales data from 53 markets and projections and estimates for the rest of the markets around the world, because not all of them report the same way. The Model Y with 267,200 sales has dethroned the Toyota Corolla as the world's best-selling car in Q1. How many sales did the Corolla have? 256,400 sales. So the Model Y beat the Corolla by over 10,000 sales. And the funny thing is, the other top five selling cars were all from Toyota as well. The Hilux, the RAV4, and the Camry. Toyota must be feeling pretty steamed about that. Especially because it looks like the Model Y has a good shot of keeping this title for the entire year if sales keep going the way they're looking. Right, because Model Y sales are trending higher and the Corollas are dropping slightly. Yeah, Model Y could top 1 million sales this year globally. 
This is amazing considering that the Model Y isn't even available in every market, but the Corolla is everywhere. So I wish I was there as people dropped this factoid at the water cooler. Did you hear? The Model Y is the best-selling car in the world. And then you pull out that Jado study, you know? People are like, no, I don't think that's true. You mean just EV. You, just mean, EV. you just mean in Norway, right? That's all you mean. Not, not the whole world. It is astounding. It's amazing. Yeah, because so, Elon called it. Whereas all these other car companies said that they were going to be the Tesla killer, and none of them were right. So I am really looking forward to, you know, you coming back from, you know, Memorial Day weekend, everyone's catching up at the water cooler, and you can just drop that one. Yep. Just just drop it. And then, again, just have it on your phone, the, the Jado study, and just be like, oh, no, check it out right here. And, and if they doubt you, you can head on over to the Now You Know Clips channel where we chop this into a little bite-sized clip so you can share it with your friends. Yeah, just share it right on your company Slack. Yeah. Just, oh, ha ha. <laughs> and if you like that the Model Y is the best-selling car in the world, hit the like button. In the world. <laughs> so Zach from Black Model 3 tweeted out, exciting news, Model Y are now shipping with hardware 4. I just went to the delivery lot to see and found a couple. Here are some photos I just got of the cameras on a brand new Red Performance Y, an all-wheel drive Model Y. The lot is filled with new cars awaiting delivery. So wait, did Tesla announce this somewhere? I have not seen Tesla announce it anywhere as of today's recording, so let us know in the chat if you have. Okay, so let's just remind everyone that Hardware 3 is what was currently being shipped out by all accounts and is still what Model 3s are shipping with. And Elon says that Hardware 3 will make cars fully self-drive. Right. My guess is that Hardware 4 is also coming to the Project Highland Model 3 refresh next quarter. But Tesla probably doesn't want us to know about that because it could slow down sales. Right. Because if Tesla announces Hardware 4 is coming to Model 3 next quarter, I assume that most Model 3 buyers will delay their orders to get the latest and greatest hardware and sensors. Now, to be honest, this is what people love and hate about Tesla. I think we all love how fast Tesla innovates. But... I think most people wish that Tesla would communicate what's going on so that people can make more informed decisions. But that's why we're here, to inform you. And you have to keep in mind that normally a car company is going to make that change in a model year. Right. So, well, in the 2024, which of course comes out, you know, third quarter <laughs> of, of the year before, that's when we'll make the change. Right. But, uh, you know, that way everybody knows. That's when you get your extra cup holder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and let us know down below, would that affect your decision to buy a Model 3? Because, I mean, I feel like the Model 3 is getting left out with all this talk of the amazing Model Y. Well, how about a little Model 3 news then? Okay. The Model 3 long-range all-wheel drive, which, remember, had disappeared from the Tesla order page for almost a year and then reappeared last month. Well, it just got its EPA-rated range test back, and it now gets 333 miles of EPA-rated range, or 536 kilometers, up from the 325 plus miles of estimated range that Tesla had been listing. So that's good. Yeah, but didn't the original long range all wheel drive Model 3 get 358 miles? Yes. So the new version appears to have Chinese made LFP cells, which are less energy dense. And it only gets half the U.S. federal tax credit because of the foreign batteries, right? Correct. It only gets $37.50 in tax credits now. But according to the Tesla website, you won't have to wait long if you order one now. It's currently saying that estimated deliveries are for June. And so this model had not been available for a while, right? It was just the standard range plus or the performance. And this one had such a backlog. And then they basically said we're pausing production on it. Now it's back with these LFP cells. But with all the talk of a Project Highland refresh and hardware four, yeah, potential buyers might delay their purchase for a few months, so we'll have to see. So if you live in Texas and you're thinking about buying a Model 3, then you're gonna wanna listen up 
Remember Tesla Electric, which Tesla announced last year? That's the VPP or virtual power plant in Texas and California for Powerwall owners, right? Right. What does that have to do with Model 3s? Well, remember earlier this year at Investor Day, Tesla announced that coming this July in Texas, Tesla owners could get unlimited overnight charging for $30 a month if they joined Tesla Electric. Well, now, maybe because they need to pull a demand lever for Model 3, they just announced this. Exclusively for Tesla vehicle owners, Tesla will offer a Tesla Electric home charging plan in eligible territories of Texas. With the Tesla Electric home charging plan, Tesla vehicle owners can charge their vehicle overnight at home for $30 a month, $1 a day billed monthly, for eligible customers who order and pick up a new Model 3 between May 26th and June 30th, Tesla Electric will waive the vehicle charging fee for a year for their new Model 3. So essentially free home charging for a year. What's the worth of that? Well, Texans pay about 15 cents a kilowatt hour right now. And so let's say they charge 10,000 miles at home in a year. So that would be about $375 of free charging. And Tesla released their electricity rates for Tesla electric customers. Check this out. But you just said that Texans are paying about 15 cents per kilowatt hour. Right. Tesla's VPP is 40% cheaper than the ERCOT rate in Texas. But how can Tesla afford to do that? So VPP uses AutoBidder. Remember, it's that AI software. It finds places that Tesla can outbid their competitors and bring electricity from batteries to the grid faster than from gas power plants uh, that need to be fired up. And so that allows them to buy electricity when it's very cheap mm -hmm. and sell it when it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. And that allows ratepayers who basically are dealing with this uh, arbitrage system as opposed to just a production system that allows ratepayers to get a cheaper price of electricity. Yeah, what I think a lot of us don't realize is that for just a few minutes a day, we're paying outrageous prices for electricity, but that gets kind of averaged over the day. So if all of us humans could just use like the same amount of electricity all day long, electricity could be a lot cheaper. Mm. But because these power plants have to go on and offline, it raises the price. Mm. And, and by the way, I said you'd save $375 a year. Mm. That sounds so little, but that's because electric cars are already so cheap. Mm. If you were driving a gas car and had to charge it up at home with gas, I guess you'd have a big tank of gas at home, you would pay about $1,200 a year in gas. So you would save $825 by switching over to the Model 3. Wow. So it appears that an ex-Tesla employee has stolen 100 gigabytes of data from Tesla and shared it with German news media company Handelsblatt. Handelsblatt is calling this leak of 23,000 files the Tesla files, you know, like Twitter files. Except that the Twitter files exposed a secret connection between the U.S. government and Twitter. And these leaked files contain information like the salaries and home addresses of 100,000 current and former Tesla employees. So not really the same. Handelsblatt has set up a tool online where you can type in your VIN and Handelsblatt will tell you which data types can be found that link to that. So if you find your data has been stolen, you can then reach out to the editors of Handelsblatt at teslafiles at handelsblattgroup.com. Tesla's managing counsel for litigation, Joseph Alm, wrote to Handelsblatt and asked for the information to be shared with Tesla and then deleted because it's stolen. Yeah. Uh, I'm really surprised that a news outlet would take stolen information, especially information that's really just private customer data, and then be like, <laughs> like, 
what are you talking about? Look, this leads to that age old question, right, of how a company can operate effectively and yet keep things confidential when one disgruntled employee can steal all this information. Because, I mean, there's one thing if it's like, oh, Tesla's selling battery packs that have holes in them right. and they're going to catch on fire. OK, all right. We can talk about that. But when it's just like I stole a bunch of personal information and then I sold it. I sold it to a newspaper and then they're going to just be like, we have all this this personal information. That's not whistleblowing. That's no. not news. That's not even leaked information. I don't even think legally they can hold on to the information once they find out that there's really no news in there, that it's just data that's not theirs. Uh, they they I should mean, what have are to they give it back. Be like, oh, yeah. Hey, uh, John Smith, he earns $100,000 a year from Tesla. Well, and also, I got to believe if there were some juicy tidbits in there, it would be news already. Um, I mean, maybe it takes a while to go through 100 gigabytes of data. But yeah, this is just a disgruntled employee stealing information. And from what I'm understanding, it was a technician. So he only had access to certain kinds of information. I, I don't, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of a sad story, actually. Let's move on to a fun leak. Okay. Somebody leaked this interior shot of the Tesla Cybertruck on the Cybertruck Owners Club nice. um, last Wednesday. And it has given us a lot to talk about. So starting from the top of the image, we have the view out of the front. Now, I want to take a moment and point out that this image was taken from what I think is about shoulder height okay. with what I think uh, is that the seat is all the way back. Okay. So I think that this adds to why this looks so weird because you're really far back and kind of sitting like this, which mm -hmm. I don't typically do when I drive. Well, <laughs> you do sit kind of back. No, I don't. <laughs> you do. You have like a race car style seating. That's more up front. You have to put your wrist on the steering wheel. Really? Every time I get in a car that you've been in, I have to adjust the seat like way forward. I don't know. That's just me. Your arms anyway, are shorter than mine. That's true. I just have to say it does look weird. Having all that dashboard there looks, I don't know, just kind of weird to me. I think it's also those A pillars that look a little out of place. Um, but again, we're completely missing the view out of the side windows. Um, so we only get a view out of those two weird front, you know, triangle windows. And plus, I think it might be fun to have that much dashboard. So I just fill it with like all the crap you'd have on a dashboard. Maybe not like trash, but just like fun dashboard toys. Are you going to fill it with Legos? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> I don't know. I The problem is I don't think I can reach that far. So things are just going to get sloshed into the windshield and I'm never going to see them again. Look, next, I want to look at that line between the white and the dark, what looks like Alcantara. Yeah, so I mean, this is pretty similar to a Model 3 interior. Um, that's like that slot where the AC comes through and then you can adjust it on the screen and it points in different uh, spots. Um, but it does look a little bit wider than like on a Model 3. Um, again, our angle is a little bit weird. When we were in the Cybertruck uh, during the unveiling, um, they said that that was like a white paper um, which I still don't think I understand. I mean, we were just listening to the the driver. I don't know what information he really had, but we were like knocking on it. We're like, what is this? And he was like, oh, that's just paper mache right now, but it'll be something different later. And I'm like, it looks exactly the same. So I don't know if that's just the same truck we were in. Yeah, I don't know if that's plastic. I don't know what material that is. And unless it's sealed with something, I feel like paper is not really what you want for the front dash, unless you can like, peel it off like a post-it note so you could like leave notes for yourself That'd and then funny. just peel it off or if it's like a doctor's examination table where there's like a roll of it and you wow what, what do you got there <laughs> oh well i've got my replacement post-it notes for the cyber truck dash <laughs> 
Um, I also just don't like that gap in the dashboard. It mm. feels like it's just too big between the two. Yeah, again, I think it could be the angle, but it does look bigger than on a Model 3. All right, next, let's talk about the steering wheel. They definitely went for a rounded yoke for the look, but there's also no shifters or stalks. So you can see the directional buttons on the left, but I'm not sure I can make out what the right buttons are. Yeah, I don't know exactly what those buttons on the right are, but they definitely went for no stocks. And that saves a little bit of money. It, uh, I think, adds a bit more software changeability. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they can change those buttons out for something else once the car drives itself. Um, but now I'm going to skip right past the screen because it looks very similar to a Model 3. And I'm going to go right to talking about the center console. They seem to have ditched the sixth front center seat. Right. When we went for our ride, they had a sixth seat that folded down in the front row. And on the back of it was a center console, like cup holders and stuff. But this looks like it's just a center console. Yeah. Now it's got a like tonneau cover center sliding section, which is a pretty good design element in my opinion. Uh, but they did that weird thing with the center console where they completely chop out the front section to make space for like purses, I guess. You know, the Rivian has a very similar space up there for bags and stuff. And I mean, my center console is always filled with junk. So not having a spot to cram trash is probably a good design choice. Um, also, what's that little yellow thing dangling down there from the screen? I think that that's a port where you can plug in a laptop to get uh, like diagnostics. For oh, the right. Because this isn't really a show car. This is for testing and stuff. Right. But, like, but, but I do want to mention with that screen, it looks like and again, this could be the angle of the camera, but it looks like that screen is much higher on the dash than in a Model 3. Right. I mean, you got to keep in mind, this is a truck, so you're going to be sitting up a little bit higher. You're not going to be as laid back as a Model 3. Um, and so the screen being higher kind of makes sense. I mean, again, it looks higher, I think, because we're a bit, you know, lower. Um, and so I think that that kind of adds to the weirdness of the look. Also, we just haven't seen a truck shaped like this before. Right. And the other thing we're missing because we, we're not getting this part of the shot is that when we were in it, it just felt so big because never before have I been in a truck where you have like a vaulted ceiling. So I'm I'm excited. I think that a lot of people are going to look at this, though, like traditional truck buyers and be like, where are all the buttons? Right. Um, so I am interested to hear what you guys think about the interior and if this is going to affect any of your decisions to buy the truck. I think that the screen which we completely glossed over is going to add a lot of functionality to this truck because Tesla at any point can just add features to the truck like that, trailering and, and other things like that. That's a really good point. There's still really no cars out there that have screens like this. So a lot of people coming over from, you know, Fords and Chevys are going to just be looking at that screen the whole time. Right. Like we bought our Ford with the special trailer package and it comes with this big knob and a button. So that way you can like do your trailering with this knob, which is, you know, great. You get this tactile feel. Um, but if the truck is smart enough to drive itself, it's probably going to be able to back itself up onto a trailer or back a trailer up. Oh, I am so excited to see if, if the Cybertruck can do stuff like that. Because it doesn't even have to do it the day it's delivered. Tesla can just roll that out whenever they want. Because let me just say, doing a lot of trailering now, um, if you are doing that, you generally want two people. It just makes things go far faster. Mm -hmm. If the truck can do a lot of that work by itself, you can basically then become a one person truck trailer guy person. And look, if you want to talk more Cybertruck, head on over to our sponsors, the Cybertruck Owners Club. There you're going to find their website with discussions and community full of enthusiasts and future owners and their crowdsource reservation tracker so that you can find out where you are in line, because that's very important if you want to know when you're going to get your truck. And of course, they got all the leaks. Yes, they Anytime did. there's Cybertruck news, it's on there.
Next week, Zach and I will be in Amsterdam for Micromobility Europe on June 8th and 9th. So if you're going to be in the area, please join us. You can get your tickets using the link in the show notes below and save 20%. Now, I know that most of you can't join us in person, but you can still be a part of Tesla Time News, episode 353. So we need your help to make the show. So from June 6th through the 11th, please consider writing a story for TTN. You can do it alone or with a family member or a friend as a co-host. Make it serious, make it funny, your choice. All it takes is a smartphone. It doesn't have to be fancy. Film yourself for a minute or two and share it at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Our editors will then take it from there. They will add the B-rolls and the jokes and chop out all of the ums and ahs and make you look your best. And you will become a part of TTN history. That's right. You may become a part of the longest running show about EVs and renewable energy. But don't forget, write it on your calendar right now. And thank you. So Jesse and I just reviewed another EV charger on our sister channel. Now let's review. This Shockflow EV charger is a cool one because you can mount it to your garage and it's still small enough to pop it off the wall and take it with you to grandma's house as a mobile charger. So we've been using level two 220 volt EV chargers for years and we know what features are important. So we check out the build quality, the specs, the length of the charging cable, everything you need to know before making a pretty big purchase. I was pretty impressed with the shock flow, especially for the price. For instance, you can set the charging current from 10 amps all the way up to 40 amps. That way, if you're sharing a circuit with, say, a clothes dryer, you may be able to still get a charge while your clothes are drying. And it has delayed charging capabilities so that you can start your EV charge when the electricity rates get lower at night. Anyway, go check it out on the Now It's Review channel and make sure that you watch the review to the end to find out how you can win it. That's right. We're giving away another EV charger. Elon has just opened Starlink in Chad. Elon is Giga Chad? No, no. Starlink is now available in the country of Chad. Starlink retweeted this from Chad's Secretary of Refugee Reintegration. In solidarity with the government, faced with the influx of Sudanese refugees in Chad, SpaceX offers assistance in the form of connectivity services Starlink during the emergency efforts. Thank you, Elon Musk. Starlink also tweeted... Starlink helping to connect schools in Rwanda. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's get some more Giga Chad Elon. And, and I think this is something that a lot of people just don't talk about when they want to just rail against Elon. He's such an awful billionaire. Wow, he doesn't care about billionaire. anything. Billionaire. He just hate does him. memes all the time and dad jokes, and he's so dumb. Yeah. Um. He cares about people, and he shows it. He does, and he doesn't even tweet about it much. He just gets the stuff out there for people. I mean, Italians who are suffering from you know earthquakes. It doesn't matter. Floods in the world. Hey, here's some Starlink so you guys can stay in connected. Amazing. RJ Scringe, the CEO of Rivian, gave us a video update last week of what Rivian is working on. So I thought we'd give a quick rundown of the highlights. First up, we got to see a peak, kind of. There's a lot of excitement on R2. I'm in the design studio with Jeff, who leads our design team. Jeff, do you want to tell us about what's behind me here? Behind us is a clay model of R2, and we just wanted to give you a small little sneak peek. Of the upcoming R2 design. And by peak, I mean a curtain over a clay model. And by upcoming... I mean, not till 2026, so. Now Rivian is also working on some new colors, dark evergreen and slate. And that's a two-tone truck, which he jokingly said maybe they'd actually make. Comment below whether you'd ever buy a two-tone truck like that. Why not? I don't know, it just looks so dumb. Uh, tank turn will not be happening. It sounds like, well, because. This was something early on in the program we'd planned to do. And in fact, we showed a video of it, you know, over the last 
I guess year and a half, we've we've arrived at the view that we it's a feature that while we can do it, it's so easily abused and so hard to make sure that we don't tear up trails and um, really do things that are in contrast to what we, we stand for as a company. We don't want to tear up trails. Can I just call BS on that one? Um, that cannot be the reason. I think it's because it is not as easy as it looks to do. And I think they've got so much else that they're focused on. But I really wish they hadn't put out a video making us all seem like we're going to have tank turn Rivians and then be like, nope, taking <laughs> that away. Also taking away your tunnel cover. Oh, oh, in the camp kitchen. No, you're not having that either. <laughs> I mean, tearing up trails like isn't that what trucks are for? Just go for a walk if you want. If you don't want to tear up trails. Right. For goodness sake. Then Max Pack sounds like it's coming, quote, this summer. Bi-directional charging. Check this out. So we're developing a bi-directional charger. We have not shown it. We have not talked a lot about this. But importantly, the, all the vehicles that we built, all the vehicles that are on the road today are, are bi-directional capable. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, rear screen. We're doing a complete redo of our rear screen. And today, it's really just climate, but we're going to have climate, navigation, uh, uh, audio interface uh, so to uh, give this screen a whole uh, a much bigger reason to exist and um, I think give rear occupants some of the fun that we have up here and then someone asked if Rivian was a dinosaur which dinosaur would it be and RJ actually answered that question for some reason and here's what he said this is a hard question because most dinosaurs have some tragic shortcoming. You know, a T-Rex has really short arms. Um, a Diplodocus has a teeny little brain. Uh, it's a giant dinosaur with a small brain. Um, but if I had to pick my personal favorite dinosaur, I'd probably say the Diplodocus. A big dinosaur with a small brain? That's what he called Rivian? He called it that, not right. us. That's accurate. Uh, new nav software coming with EV route planning, he said. Uh, but RJ didn't say when. Hmm. I mean, these are just details. Who cares? <laughs> RJ said that there are 35 Rivian service locations today, and soon there will be several hundred Rivian mobile service vans. Lastly, the new R1T dual motor version using the Rivian-made Enduro motor will be starting deliveries in June. So that's two motors instead of the quad motor, um, making it about $5,000 cheaper. So now it definitely will qualify for the federal tax credit because the limit was $80,000. Now, speaking of deliveries, the last time we got pre-order numbers from Rivian was in November of 2022. Right. Uh, that's when they said they had 114,000 pre-orders. Now you can get an R1T in just two weeks, according to the Rivian website. Just two weeks. So does this signal that demand is down? That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, if you had 114,000 people on the list, there's no way you're going to just order one today and get one in two weeks. So I got to believe the reason they're not talking about pre-orders anymore is because a lot of people must have dropped off the list. I mean, it makes sense, right? Ford's out, Chevy's coming, and the Cybertruck is coming. Oh, and I forgot about the Lordstown Endurance, which is technically out. I mean, and this is kind of the double-edged sword with a pre-order list. Yeah. Um, when you do it successfully, like Tesla, and, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of people sign up for, say, the Model 3, and then every single one of those people wants the Model 3, it's a pretty decent news story. And you can have, you know, all the, the dumb analysts be like, oh, I don't know if that's true on, on CNBC or whatever, but that doesn't change the fact that people bought it. For some reason, auto analysts believe all all these other companies when they talk about their pre-order lists. Right, but then, well, but Tesla, mm -hmm. as we know. What? 
they don't sell cars? At the Capital Markets event last week, Ford's executives gave some company updates and one of them caught our attention. So you may remember that last year, Ford divested from Argo AI, which is the company that Ford was hoping was going to develop its autonomous driving hardware and software. At the time, Ford was like, don't worry, we don't need them. We can do it ourselves. Well, <laughs> Ford's VP of Electrification and Software, Doug Field, yes, the same Doug Field that used to be Tesla's VP of Engineering, Doug admitted that Ford won't be able to deliver a level three autonomous driving system till 2025. He said, as much as I want it to, we're not going to deliver level three by 2025. It's just too ambitious and undertaking. And so we have to lay the groundwork. But you're going to have to wait a little longer for level three. Downtown operations with pedestrians and stop signs and double and triple park cars. That is the hardest place to get level three up and going. Yeah, Ford, it is hard to develop hardware and software that would allow a car to drive downtown in a city. Oh, what's that? Oh, is, is that a Tesla driving downtown in a city hmm. by itself? San Francisco all by itself? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Ford is hoping to get to profitability in their EV division by selling customers their Blue's Clues driver assistance software, which they say will be available in 500,000 vehicles by 2024. It's Blue Cruise. Right. Tesla is already active in that many cars, and it will be available in millions of Teslas by 2024. Now, Ford says that Blue Cruise Fords have already driven 50 million miles. And that's hugely misleading since that's not how many miles in Blue Cruise they have driven. That's total miles for the car. I want to compare that to Tesla, which is now collecting over a million miles of data every day from the Tesla fleet with already well over 150 million miles driven on FSD. So if Ford is hoping that Blue's Clues will get them profitable, I think they are sadly mistaken. Blue Cruise. Right. We've already seen how upset Ford customers are over the latest price increase to $800 a year for Blue Cruise. Now Ford is admitting that they won't even have level three by 2025. And yet they want to make Blue Cruise a large part of their vehicle margins for yep. EVs. It just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case if they don't have a product that people want. It's it's really like a kid missing the point. It's like, well, I'm going to do what Timmy's doing because he seems to get all the attention. And it's like, right. But Timmy practiced for hours and hours on his violin. And that's why he's good at it. And you didn't practice. So you're not good at it. <laughs> right. You can't have a violin recital if you're just using a rubber band on a ruler. Go Boat in Oklahoma has just unveiled their all-electric Go Boat 2.0. The boat comes in two sizes, a mini for kids with a 55-inch diameter and a full version for adults with a 70-inch diameter. It folds up and fits into a bag and weighs 57 pounds. Now, that does include the 12-volt trolling motor with a 24-inch shaft and 35 pounds of thrust. So it has five forward speeds, two reverse speeds, and can go five miles an hour, all almost perfectly quietly. So how much do these cost? Here are the sale prices, which end on June 3rd. That is not bad. Um, but what about batteries? Are those included? The aluminum transom there that holds the motor can also hold up to two 12-volt marine batteries, which you have to supply yourself. Although GoBoat does sell a 12-volt marine lithium-ion battery for 170 bucks. That's really not a bad price for what is such a fun little toy. Um, I do like their motto, endless possibilities, explore, fish, Bump. It seems like a big improvement from their first version, the GoBoat 1. Um, yeah, that just seemed like a big inner tube. The new GoBoat 2.0 has three inflatable chambers that use their proprietary air core composite. Right. Uh, less worry about popping it, I mm. guess, while you're out there. 
And anyway, it looks like a lot of fun. I want to get a hold of one. And uh, actually, I want to get a hold of two so that we can, that we can bump them into yes. each other. All right, it's time for the lightning round. In another win for the Inflation Reduction Act, South Korea's Hyundai Motor Group and LG Energy Solution will build a $4.3 billion EV battery plant in Bryan County, Georgia. The plant will have an annual production capacity of 30 gigawatt hours or about 350,000 EVs annually. Construction is expected to start in the second half of this year and battery production is expected to start at the end of 2025. The investment is expected to create 3,000 jobs. Minnesota passed a law that includes an EV rebate of $2,500 for new EVs and $600 for used EVs with no income caps. But the rebates are limited to new vehicles with an MSRP of $55,000 or less and used vehicles that sell for $25,000 or less. The law also includes $13 million for school districts to buy and maintain electric buses and charging infrastructure and requires Minnesota's public electric utilities to file transportation electrification plans. Good job, Minnesota. Yeah, there's only two Midwestern states with EV rebates, uh, Illinois and Minnesota. And it's a lot better than Texas, which is taxing EVs Mm -hmm. for no reason. So according to Electrek, Tesla's Powerwall 3 is about to launch with up to 11.5 kilowatts of power output. That's compared to the Powerwall 2, which has 9.6 kilowatts of power, meaning that the Powerwall 3 should have almost 20% more power to help power more household electrical circuits and appliances. Neuralink tweeted last Thursday, we're excited to share that we have received the FDA's approval to launch our first in-human clinical study. If you're interested, there's a patient registry on Neuralink's website. No word yet on when those trials will begin. But they got approval. Yeah. U.S. District Judge Charles Breyer threw out a class action lawsuit against Elon Musk last week, stating that the plaintiff did not have standing to sue. The lawsuit claimed that Musk cheated shareholders by delaying the disclosure of his stake in Twitter, which allowed him to purchase more shares at a lower price. The judge also found no evidence that Musk assisted in helping two Twitter board members breach fiduciary duties. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Yeah, so this is my Henson Shaver, and I realized today I'm still using the same box of 100 blades that I got when I first got my razor. And the cool part about it is that it takes up so little space. You know, normally you the, a big reason why I never got like more cartridge razors and I kept using my dull cartridge razors because they took up so much space. You'd buy like a pack of like six. Don't it, lie. It's because they're expensive. They're so expensive and they take up more space True. than a hundred of, uh, you know, just regular blades um, that I can put in my Henson razor and get a better shave with. Go see why Jesse's so excited. Go to HensonShaving.com. Use our code now you know when you check out and get a hundred free blades. You get a hundred free blades and you, you'll probably be using them for years. Alright, how about a story about a new electric bus factory? Yeah? Bluebird Corporation started in 1927. It's the largest school bus manufacturer in the U.S. with about 35% market share. In 2021, they sold $1.1 billion worth of buses. This month, Bluebird just opened its new 40,000-square-foot electric vehicle build-up center at its manufacturing facility in Fort Valley, Georgia, to help them reach their goal of producing 5,000 electric school buses per year. They'll be building both the Vision Type C bus and the All-American Type D bus. That's the kind with the flat front end. Uh, Both have 155 kilowatt hour batteries and roughly 120 miles of range. 
So how many buses do they make now? They were making about four electric school buses per day. And with the new center, they aim to get to 20 a day. Currently, only 6% of their sales are for electric buses, but they have made about 1,000 electric ones so far. And with the $5 billion of federal grants pouring in, demand is surging for electric school buses. Bluebird thinks that they'll be seeing about a billion dollars in orders over the next five years. And the EPA's rules mean that about half of all school buses should be electric in the U.S. by 2032. And for good reason, if you haven't seen our in-depth on the electric school bus episode, you should definitely go check it out. Uh, there's a whole lot of reasons to go electric school buses beyond even, you know, climate change and, and stuff like that. Yeah, just brains. Children's brains developing, learning. Don't poison their brains with diesel fumes. Kind of important. All right, it's time for Going Green. The largest wind turbine company in the world, Vestas Wind Systems, announced it will be adding 300 Ford F-150 Lightning electric pickup trucks into its North American fleet of over 1,850 vehicles. These Lightning Pro editions have a range of 320 miles in warm weather, the most torque of any Lightning model, and a 2,000-pound payload. Vestas wind technicians will be able to plug them in at the base of wind turbines that they're servicing and be able to charge them with 100% wind power. That's awesome. And because the Lightning has 9.6 kilowatts of onboard power, wind technicians can power all their tools from the truck in remote locations. So this new addition of 300 Lightnings means that Vestas's vehicle fleet is now 20% EV and their goal is to become carbon neutral by 2030. So you said Vestas is the largest wind turbine company? Yeah, Vestas has over 160 gigawatts of wind capacity across 88 countries. And earlier this year, they unveiled this, their new prototype, the V236, which is the tallest and most powerful wind turbine yet. It produces 15 megawatts of electricity. Megawatts. One turbine. All right, time for sunspots. So the latest data from the EIA is out, the Energy Information Agency's Electric Power Monthly Report, and it's got some pretty exciting news. U.S. wind and solar produce more electricity than coal in the first quarter of this year. So 16.9% of the U.S.'s electric output made by wind and solar versus only 15.6% from coal. And why is this? Because coal is plummeting 28.6% year over year and rooftop solar was up 24%. Yeah, rooftop solar. That's the stuff on your roof. Grew faster than any other source in Q1. Rooftop solar accounted for almost a third of total solar production. Sunday Campaign's executive director Ken Baosung said, Renewables have been outproducing coal for some time now, with the combination of just wind and solar already ahead of coal this year. Renewables also seem well positioned to provide over a quarter of the nation's electrical generation in 2023. I just want this to sink in. Rooftop solar, the thing that we talk about every week on this show, the thing that all of us have some control over, is winning. It's growing faster than any other energy source in the U.S. Even with all the FUD and the dirty tricks and the fossil fuel lobbyists pushing against us, we are winning. So good job, everybody. So when somebody says, but the grid is mostly coal powered, you can now tell them. Nope. Solar and wind make more power than coal now. And if you want to get your solar on your roof and you're kind of not sure what to get, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They are the experts that help you go solar for less. They do all that work for you for free, all that consulting, all that data mining that they figured out, all for free. Um, just because when you get your solar installed, there's a big chunk of that bill that goes to the solar company. And basically, that's how they get paid. So it's really not coming out of your pocket. Right. Getting a sale of a solar system 
has a cost and the solar company is going to either have to pay a call center to call you up and be like, hello, sir, have you thought about solar? I get those calls all the time. I'm like, I have an apartment. I can't get it. Um, I'd love to, but I can't. Or you're going to talk to Energy Pal, who aggregates between lots of solar companies to get you the best deal. Exactly. So tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. The link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. We got two this week. Um, send yours in to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Jason just sent us this video contributor story about a solar boat he spotted. Hey guys, Spokane, Washington. Saw this little solar beauty sitting out in the parking lot of a Yolks. It's got, don't know what size the total solar panels are on top, but it got a nice little motor. This guy definitely like, knows his stuff and he likes to have fun. Thanks for watching. Now you know. Solar boats. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, you probably do have to drag them out of the water, but you don't have to put all the stuff in the engine to keep it uh, good for the, the oil winter. And... No. Nope. And Greg sent us this story about his journey to getting off of fossil fuels. Hey, guys. It's Greg from Pennsylvania. I'm standing here in my basement because I wanted to show you that I just took the last step in my longtime goal of becoming completely free of fossil fuels. I got rid of my oil furnace on an oil tank, which was right there. Instead, I installed an electric heater to augment my heat pump and act as the emergency backup heat source. Let me tell you more about my journey to give up fossil fuels up to the garage. Back in 2014, I got my first electric vehicle, which was a zero motorcycle. Since then, I've gotten two more zeros, the latest being this one here. Of course, I've also gotten into electric cars as well. Currently, this is my Tesla Model 3, and I've just confirmed my F-150 Lightning order, and I'm still waiting on my Rivian R1S. And this is my wife's Ford Focus Electric. I also have this Varla dual motor electric scooter, which I use to get around town during the summer. I've been slowly migrating all of my lawn equipment over to electric as well, including my chainsaw, leaf blower, weed whacker, and my riding lawnmower. This Ryobi has about 4.8 kilowatt hours of total energy. I can also use this mower to power my entire house through a 240 volt split phase power inverter here, running through this generator input. This gives me hours of runtime for my house in case of a power outage. My house never had gas, so my dryer, hot water heater, stove, and oven were already electric. Last summer, I installed some electric fireplaces. These are some cheap 120 volt units that I got off of Amazon, but I'm pretty happy with them overall. I've also gotten rid of my propane garage heater in favor of this 240 volt electric heater. I've even gone so far as to replace my lighters with these battery-powered USB rechargeable units. However, I don't have any candles to light as I now use these little battery-powered lights instead. All of these electric tools, heaters, and appliances are powered by my 17 kilowatt solar system. Now I can't do much about infrastructure. I still get deliveries from gas-powered vans and get food at restaurants using gas ovens and stoves, but I've now eliminated all of my direct consumption of fossil fuels and it feels good, and I just wanted to share. Way to go, Greg. That's, That's awesome. awesome. It must feel so good to be 100% fossil fuel free. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And this week, we've got a whole bunch of stories for Patreon, Investor Club bonus stories. You can head over to DI and watch our uh, disruptive investing news. For free. For free. Um, so much cool stuff. So yeah, I urge you to go over to Patreon if you haven't already. Join us for as little as buck a month and get all those bonus stories. We'll see you there. All right, we're back from a Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are the people who at the end of the show get their names in the credits because they are awesome. Who do we got this week? Terry Dunaway. Nicholas Magnata. Cyrus Mokhtari. Smart Brother. 
and Matthew Suggs. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. So we had a poll this week. And the poll was, because Ford is now going to have supercharging, um, does that change your you know, buying of EVs? Ooh, what did our patrons say? Let's take a look. Interesting. Hmm. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. Wall Street Silver said the BBC has appointed themselves as the arbiter of truth. They will verify what is true and let the rest of us know. Elon said, whew, we can finally relax. Wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> Elon retweeted International Space Station. Welcome aboard the space station AX-2. The four Axiom Space private astronauts entered the orbital outpost after opening the SpaceX Dragon crew ship hatch at 11 a.m. today. Looks a little cramped in there. <laughs> Andrea Stropa said, SpaceX, Starlink, and Tesla are happy to be of use in any way to help Italy and the people affected by the flooding. Elon said, absolutely. Tesla synopsis said, Soul, Elon Musk, Armor, Tesla, SpaceX, Twitter, Neuralink, Boring Company. Elon said, trying. Galley said, Rise of AI making the importance of Neuralink grow by the day. Everything boiling down to speed at which we can interact with the AI. FOMO booming. Wish I could invest in Neuralink. Elon says, Human output data rate is absurdly low. Tesla synopsis says, It's been a few days. Here is your dose of Cybertruck. Elon says, We're working hard to get Cybertruck into production. This was a tough product to design and even tougher to build, but it will be great. Joel says, make your catalytic converter harder for thieves to sell and easier for police to track. Etch your vehicle ID and paint it with the San Francisco police logo. I'm launching a free program in the sunset where converters are stolen most in San Francisco. Holmar's catalog said, or even better, switch to an EV. Nobody will ever steal your catalytic converter because you won't have one. Elon said, and Tesla has sentry mode. Zach Golden says, everything shown in red is in the process of being disassembled. Green is the beginning of phase two of Star Factory expansion. Assuming that Star Factory will extend into the areas currently being cleared, this will be absolutely massive. And Elon said, yes. So not only are they, you know, producing Model Ys and starting to produce Cybertruck, um, but SpaceX is going to be producing spaceships. Starlink says, we are now also available for use while in motion. Elon said. And works almost everywhere on Earth with global roaming enabled. We have an in-depth where we prove this. Yes, uh, I think we got the first uh, CSGO win while moving. What about it says, breaking news, Elon Musk SpaceX is trying to join the FAA in defending against the environmental lawsuit, which resulted from the first Starship orbital flight test. What would be the worst case scenario, Elon? Is there anything the public can do? Elon says, probably, but not yet. Alex says, for Democrats complaining about Elon Musk doing a Twitter space with Ron DeSantis, are you suggesting he should do one with Joe Biden? Unscripted and questions from the public? I'm sure Elon would do it, but would Joe, assuming he figures out how to log into Twitter himself? Elon says, happy to do it. Jason Calacanis says, mainstream media is losing their minds over Governor Ron DeSantis' announcing on Twitter spaces. DeSantis is simply skating to where the puck is going. Americans don't trust mainstream media anymore, be it Fox News or MSNBC, but they do trust their own ears and open platforms. Elon said, any candidate who announces on this platform will get the highest possible audience. It's a smart move. Joe Biden tweeted out, this link works because uh, there was a few minutes of downtime while the Twitter spaces was filling up with millions of people. Hmm. And Shibatoshi Nakamoto says, OK, credit where credit is due. This is a solid post. Elon said true and laugh emoji. Kyle Griffin says New York Times calls the DeSantis announcement a fiasco. NBC News calls it a meltdown. The Washington Post calls it awkward. Politico calls it horrendous. Elon says, I call it massive attention. Top story on Earth today. Mario Naufal says, total listeners between the David Sachs and Elon Musk space and our live stream is over 6.5 million listeners and rising. The CNN town hall with Trump only had 3.3 million. The death of mainstream media. Enough said. Elon said, wow. Dan said, would you vote for a candidate that wasn't willing or able to come on a spaces? Elon said, nope. Mario says, Twitter under attack. Hypocrisy of the mainstream media. And Elon said, 
Citizen journalism breaks the monopoly held by a handful of editors. They naturally don't like that. Andrina says, seems like the optimist likes to play basketball. Does he, Elon? Elon says, will one day. Wall Street Silver says Donald Trump should do a Twitter spaces with Elon also. It would probably break the internet. RFK Jr. should also do it. Elon, are you offering to host a Twitter spaces with each of them? Also Biden? Elon says, okay. He went on to say, all presidential candidates are most welcome on this platform. Elon said, a lot of noise about Ron DeSantis announcing and discussing his presidential bid on this platform. But you know what isn't noise? Setting an all-time record for fundraising, worth considering for announcements in general. And then Elon's community notes caught him uh, being unfactual. Actually, Trump raised more money than DeSantis did. So... Good that the, it doesn't matter whether the big guy said it or not. But that's only because he was uh, quoting CBS News. True. So, which got it wrong. Andrina says Marvin and Gatsby are adorable. Marvin is a Havanese. I wonder which breed is Gatsby. Don't know for sure. Can you tell me, Elon? Elon says unknown. He was a rescue. Just says to everyone arguing against Tesla removing stocks, what looks easier to you? Elon said best is to have the car turn on signals for you. Elon then congratulated the Neuralink team because they said they're excited to share the FDA approval for their first inhuman clinical study. Omar's catalog said Tesla full self-driving beta 11.4.2 is now rolling out to Tesla employees. Elon said this is the right release to go wide. Meet Kevin said just visited Twitter headquarters. Holy moly, San Francisco's turned into a show. Lauren feels wildly unsafe. She's never felt this way before. I don't blame her. Elon said it's next level. People have no idea. Wall Street Silver says Philadelphia looks like a zombie town. Elon responded with an exclamation point. More Philadelphia zombie footage. How many cities is this happening in? Elon said many. Elon said, hold on to your horse as the carousel of destiny spins ever faster. Bruh, do you even AI? <laughs> then he tweeted out this meme. He then said, I was today's years old when I learned that some people genuinely love cooked salmon. Previously, I thought it was some pescatarian conspiracy theory, but nope. <laughs> Where's he been? He just likes sushi, I guess. I guess. Elon retweeted Tesla Europe saying they celebrated with 10,000 Tesla employees and their families at Giga Berlin's Family Day. Oh, that's fun. They had a kid's Tesla race. Yep. That's fun. If you're looking for movie picks, Elon said Office Space is an awesome movie. It is an awesome movie. Dr. Anastasia says, is Elon Musk deep state in this poll? And people replied, no. <laughs> Did the eye emoji. <laughs> AI fashion show in Azkaban, date and details to follow. The declaration of memes tweeted out, for the love of God, buy Facebook also. <laughs> Peter Diamantes says, if you're not disrupting yourself, then someone else is. Elon said, if shooting oneself in the foot is disrupting, then I would have to say that I do that a lot. Elon tweeted out, incompetence in the limit is indistinguishable from sabotage. And then Teslatino says, AP auto wipers need to be fixed, Elon. At the very least, allow to cancel wipes while on AP. It makes no sense to allow this to keep happening. Elon says, sorry, this is one of the last neural nets to be updated to surround video from single camera, single frame. Well, that's good because that it does need an improvement. All right, it's time for community mail time. Community mail time. Remember, you share your stories with us and we get them out on the air. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Dan spotted this R1S in Palo Alto, California. Fabian found this Cadillac CT6 2.0e charging in Duluth, Georgia. Casey spotted this Model Y in Ocean View, Hawaii. David sent us this picture of a purple wrapped Model Y at the Grand Opening Service Center in Austin, Texas. Roger saw this Ford driver putting their Starlink to work <laughs> while driving in Pembroke Pines, Florida. <laughs> It's, a, it's not a bad spot for it. <laughs> Ralphie found this fire services Mach-E in Montgomery County, Maryland. David spotted this VW ID3 in Regensburg, Germany. Lenny sent us this picture of a Ford Mach-E police cruiser in Astoria, New York. Christopher spotted this Livewire electric motorcycle. Tom saw this Rivian R1T towing a Ford Model A. 
Wonder if it's going to get converted. Yeah, nice. Carl found this EV Hummer at an Electrify charging station in White Settlement, Texas. And Donnie found this EV Hummer in Florida. Stuart spotted this original Tesla Roadster in Chicago, Illinois. And Amer sent us this picture of the University of Vermont's new Ford F-150 Lightning that is being added to part of its fleet in its parking services fleet. Nice. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what you guys have found this week. Zach, Jesse, Boff here. We are traveling from California to Florida cross-country trip in our 2020 Long Range Plus Model X. We are in Van Horn, Texas now. It is super freezing out there, 45 degrees. It's very surprising. It's not expecting Texas to be this cold, but it is, so what are you gonna do? We have eight stalls here at a maximum rate of 150 kilowatts. We are doing 95 kilowatts. It's attached to this Hampton Inn Hotel, and there's really not much else going for it. There's Restrooms inside, I assume, but uh, absolutely nothing else nearby. Really tough maneuvering, absolutely nowhere for you to park uh, with your trailer still attached, other than the spot that I just so happened to work my way into, which I really hate to do because I am actually blocking another supercharger. Not that this is a bustling area for Teslas. I just, I don't like doing that. I wanna maximize the people's ability to come in and charge. So if you're driving a Tesla and you're not towing, this is probably a solid five out of 10. If you are towing, this is a solid three out of 10. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, Mike here. I am in Sutherland, Oregon. I-5 South, about 50 miles give or take south of Eugene, Oregon. Brand new version three superchargers, 51 superchargers, count them, 51. There's a few superchargers here that say EV charging only with a slightly different handle, but it doesn't look like a magic pack. It's interesting. So this is easy on and off I-5 South. Left hand turns kind of a pain in the neck getting off, but plenty of things available here. Uh, Dairy Queen, Taco Bell, Starbucks just across the way, so I'd highly recommend it. And going on the Jesse scale, I'd say it's a 6 out of 10. It's good. We need them everywhere. Well done. Now you know. G'day, Zach and Jesse. It's Michael here at the 6-store V2 Superchargers in Bendigo, uh, which is in central Victoria. It's in a supermarket, sort of in the suburbs of Bendigo. Uh, so it's a bit off the main highway, which is a bit of a nuisance. We were traveling between Mildura and Melbourne. We had to make a detour to get here, which took at least 20 minutes, I'd say. Uh, but there are a few options for, for food. There's a Guzman y Gomez, there's a McDonald's, and we ate at the Provador, which was very nice. Uh, and so I'd give this supercharger uh, a seven out of 10. And now you know. Hey, Jacob again, Long Island EVs, uh, checking in from the well, one of the Melville superchargers. This is a 12 stall, it's 11 here, and a pull-in, which is nice. Uh, yeah, 250 kilowatts V3. This, place, this one's about a year old. Uh, Location-wise, it's not great. I mean, it's easy to get to. It's right off the, ex the expressway, Interstate 495. We're basically between Wall Whitman Road and Broad Hollow Road behind me. There's just, there's not really anything here. I mean, there's a hotel, there's a Marriott. So amenities. Uh, but if you get on 110, the north-south road that goes through here, head south, there's restaurants, head north, 
There's the Walt Whitman Mall and some more restaurants. So it's a busy, very busy business district here. That's mainly why there's so there's a big one here. But there's also two other superchargers within like two, three miles of here. There's one in Plainview, about an exit west, west on the expressway. And there's another Melville supercharger like five minutes north on 110 uh, on the other side of uh, Old Country Road. And that's a 10 stall. So there's a lot of uh, charging infrastructure here, which is great. I guess because it's a business district, you know, there's a lot of people coming out here for work. But uh, that's really all I can say about it. It's just a big old empty parking lot. I forgot to mention there are two charge point CCS stations here, but they're usually ice and I think they're only 24 kilowatts. So I would not recommend using them, but they are here. Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. This is a great way for the community to find superchargers that they like and ones that they don't like. It's okay if you don't like them because then people might to choose to just skip past them. And I feel like most people automatically add five to their uh, number because it's like, it's a supercharger, right. which I used to do, but it's like, you gotta follow Jesse's scale, which is a much stricter scale. <laughs> it starts very low. And if there's lots of good amenities, the number goes up. Five is like good, right? And then 10. Five is passable. 10 is if you get to go there and they have like a live DJ with a rooftop pool, as you which, found out. Which I, I have... think that that's the top. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, a seven is just great, right? A six is good, five is all right, four is, eh, you know. Yeah. The, the, that that way, when we're looking for superchargers, we can go like, well, that one's got the rooftop I mean, pool. the tacos by the rooftop pool were Pretty out good. of this world. Pretty good. But hey, there's new superchargers in the world, so there might be some that are better than it. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look and see what we got. We got the three stall in Beijing, China. We got the eight stall in Denton, Texas. We got number 18 in Alabama. It's the 12 stall in Gwyn, Alabama. We got the nine stall in Shanghai. The six stall in Yangzhou, China. We got the four stall in Beijing, China. Number 168 in Germany is the eight stall in Lofelden, Germany. We got number 70 in Japan, the four stall in Nara. Number 48 in Illinois is the 16th stall at Villa Park. Number 71 in Italy is the eight stall in Roma Urban. The six stall in Jiajing, China. We got number 33 in Oregon, the four stall in Scapoose, Oregon. We got the eight stall in West Unity, Ohio. We got number 30 in Ohio, the eight stall in West Unity on Indian Meadow Service Plaza. We got the 40 stall in Yermo at Sunrise Canyon Road, California. We got number 1700 in China, the three stall in Lanzhou. Number 46 in Maryland is the four stall in Cumberland, Maryland. We got number 106 in Norway, the 20 stall in Arendal, Norway. Arendal? Arendal. The 12 stall in Grass Valley, California. The eight stall in Yorba Linda, California. Number 56 in North Carolina is the 12 stall in Hickory, North Carolina. The 8 stall in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. Number 123 in Texas is the 8 stall in Gerald, Texas. Number 13 in New Zealand is the 3 stall in Hastings. Number 17 in Iowa is the 12 stall in Bettendorf, Iowa. That'd be great for Julie. Number 65 in Pennsylvania is the 12 stall in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. Number 18 in Maine is the 8 stall in Wells. 18 in Maine. That's amazing. Uh, the 36 stall in Tustin at Franklin Avenue, California. Number 30 in Nevada is the 8 stall in Las Vegas at Cambridge Street. Number 45 in Washington is the 12 stall in Ridgefield, Washington. Number 42 in Georgia is the 12 stall at Sewanee, Georgia. Number 357 in California is the 24 stall Urban, so these are 72 kilowatts in Irvine. And number 18 in Utah, number 1,788 in the U.S., Number 5,106 in the world is the 8-stall in Nephi at South Main Street, Utah. 
Nice. That is a lot. And I, I, I hate to pick on Rivian, but like when RJ was answering questions this week about Rivian, he was asked about the, um, the RAN, the Rivian Adventure Network. He just glossed over the answer and just kind of started talking about, remember five years ago when we drove a Rivian down from um, Argentina to LA and we had to install all these chargers? And it's like, yeah, tell us about your charging network. And then he just talked about, and there's a lot of news about charging. It's like, yeah, because Tesla's making more charges every day. How many are you making? Yeah. 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 It's embarrassing. It, like, Well, they're probably going to adopt the NAX, and they probably figured that out like two months after mm -hmm. they were going to make their Rivian Adventure Network. Mm -hmm. They were like, hey, you know what? I was just driving in my buddy's Model Y the <laughs> other day, and they got all these superchargers all exactly. over the place. And he's like, really? Well, you know how I always say we're like a dinosaur with a little brain. We eventually figure <laughs> we it out. Eventually figure it out. <laughs> Unless we go extinct first. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who helps make this show happen. And I'm talking to you. Thank you for watching. I'm talking to you, everyone who has sent in photos for Community Mail Time, and everyone who sent in stories for video contributor stories. And to all of our amazing Patreon patrons who support us both financially and spiritually, thank you so much. And remember, mark it down on your calendars, June 6th through June 11th. Find a story about EVs, renewable energy, write it up with a few facts and your spin on what's interesting about it for you, record it with your phone, and send it to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com, and our editors will do their magic, and you could be a part of Tesla Time News, episode 353. I'm so excited to see what you guys come up with. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe our job is done. Maybe I know, we're right? gonna, <laughs> Maybe we're going to find... We're going to be like, this is great. That we actually don't do such a good We're just going to put our feet up and <laughs> let you guys do the show. Uh, but thank you this so much. This is like much. the Tom Sawyer approach to, uh, to, to news. <laughs> yes. But thank you again so much to everyone watching and supporting us. We'll see you next week. Now, now you know. know.